Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network for an episode that's very close to the end of a season we're very ready to be at the end of. Season two, episode 21, 4 a.m. to 5 a.m. Uh, we are getting close to the end of the Nick Offerman show here, uh, <laughs> which is very exciting and we could not be more excited because, that, that, sorry, I sounded very mad, but we could not be more excited. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't intentional. <laughs> I loved his appearance in this week. Wasn't expecting it. Right, right at the end, Jack goes into the room and who turns ahead? It's Matthew Perry. Deet, deet, deet. <laughs> now, we, now we know the third guy in Nick Offerman's gang. We yeah. got Tuco Salamanca and Chandler Bing. <laughs> but, uh, yes, we're very close to the end of the season and something happens this week. There's stuff happening, so I'm slightly happier than I have been. My name is Colin, and take a good look. Do I seem ah. scared? Am I breaking into a nervous sweat? Am I babbling at a loss for words? Is my voice shaking? Oh, damn. I knew you were going to use that. Uh, and my name is Ben, and I'm the president. Colin, you don't get to call me by my first name. <laughs> All right, Waterworth, uh, let's get on with the show. <laughs> Mr. President to you. Uh, <laughs> All right, Mr. President, um, are you close to being in agreement with me? I mean, I had watched this before last week's episode, and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm excited about next week because it was one of the ones that I most, I would say probably the episode, along with the finale and the premiere. So if you don't count finale and premiere, this is the one that I think I remembered best. This was season two for me. And I still stand by what I said last week. There, there are problems with this episode that I wouldn't have acknowledged you know, back when I originally watched it or on any rewatches before that now, as we said, we nitpick more. But I mean, it's just it's so different. I think this is the most we have ever focused on a single story. And as implausible as some of it is, um, I loved it. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to say I'm loving an episode of 24 again. I am the same. I Well, I mean, I loved the other week, but like, I no, I I remember this episode um, similar to you. I don't know if like it's kind of like, oh, the premiere like, to me, season two is like, the premiere, the finale, and the bomb episode. But then I always remember this episode exists. But, no, it, this is – it's great. Like, there's just something about this. It's bare bones 24. It's almost a lot of what we got last season where it's kind of – yeah, we love high action, high pace 24. But there are sometimes when you got good, like, drama. This, to me, is what that episode last season of the whole um, – the, the hotel room sting with the with the Drazen and the, the woman that worked for Palmer that you liked and I just yeah. didn't like. Like, this to me is that episode, but this works. Like, it's tense. Like, and even having watched this episode multiple times, knowing the outcome, even watching it again, though, yesterday, I'm like, oh, what's going to happen? Like, oh, is he going to stay in? And, like, 
Dennis Haysbert, take a bow. Like, like we've talked yeah. so much about how there are certain episodes where he feels like extra presidential. Like, Jesus Christ, this is an episode where you're like, that's my president. Hashtag my president. Palmer for president. Like, this, this, is, this is one of those episodes where, like, when you see these lists of greatest TV presidents and Palmer, you know, is usually like one or two. Like, this is why. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just... Some good and, and props to Alan. TV's Alan Dale holding Australia's yeah. flag high in this. The first ever Australian to become president of the United States. I want to say. Um, don't know if there's been another Australian actor who's played a US president on TV or movies before, but good for an Australian breaking that um, whole little technicality thing of having to be born in the USA. Uh, not for Alan Dale, it deans, but uh, no, great episode. And Kim, I'm weirdly happy that we got Kim in this episode. So what's going on? How are you? <laughs> well. One scene. Are we over it already? We had one scene of her and like it kind of is a bit groaning when you hear her saying like, oh, I'm going to the Matheson's house. And you're like, oh, no, we've still got that yeah. storyline. <laughs> that's, like, that's the issue. <laughs> but it's, it's kind of, but it's, it's one of those weird things. We may as well get Kim over and done with. I don't know. I'm just taking over the episode. But like it's just she's been missing for two weeks and you're kind of like, oh, there she is. And then like it's all you need. Like it's just her in a car well, with a phone call. That, that's it. And you're like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm satisfied yeah. with Kim this week. Yeah, I mean, my problem is I know where this is going, uh, and this is probably the last good thing we're going to get with Kim, and maybe the only <laughs> good thing we've gotten this season with Kim. Uh, but uh, it's 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 going to go so downhill after this. So yes, I am happy that we have this with Kim, and not happy with what it's going to lead to. But uh, um, having a break from her for two weeks, yeah, I can kind of see what you're saying. It's uh, <laughs> it's 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 refreshing. It's like in future, it's different, but you know, because again, we we don't dislike Kim as much next season like let's spoil it Kim doesn't come back for season four and then she returns in season five and then she'll sporadically appear in sort of later seasons and it's like I would always get excited when Kim comes back in later seasons there was just something about it where that was kind of the like one of these shows where you know certain characters return you always get a bit excited when a certain character returns and Kim was weirdly maybe the one I was always most like oh is Kim going to come back this season like and and because you use her so sparingly in future seasons um, which kind of works. Um, and you get generally great stuff between Jack and Kim when Kim comes back. And this season, she's like married to a guy 50 years older than her. And it's like, okay, cool. There's Kim uh, just doing a thing. Um, just getting into trouble with the older men this time around. So, yeah. I mean, good thing she wasn't around in this season. I mean, she would have been after Alan Dale. <laughs> yeah. Well, who wouldn't be? What a she man. Was a, she was a CTU. I mean, she would have been the one on the phone. Not, 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 uh, not Alan Chappelle. Dale swims. He's got a great body. Uh. Yeah, well, we know he has a good swimmer's body. <laughs> He's Australian, of course he swims. Wakes up in the morning, the first thing he does is he wakes up in a swimming pool. That's what we all do. <laughs> I mean, I do. I'm Canadian, so it's not just You wake Australian. up in the snow, you just skate. <laughs> yeah, well, once it gets to the springtime, it becomes a bit of a swimming pool, which is totally true. I had to go deposit a couple of checks yesterday. I still get checks. Um, <laughs> that is so 2008. I don't know. Winnipeg but, uh, will get banks one day. It's all good. You'll get electronic. <laughs> You'll get e-banking soon in Winnipeg. Fingers I crossed. Mean, hey, one thing that Canada is known for. Canada is known for our uh, innovations with banking. So don't knock Canada. Uh, we invented Interac and uh, debit and all those things. Actually, I loved I loved that interacting. That was that was bloody convenient when I lived there. I will say props to Canada I'm, for that. That was great. I'm still shocked that that's like because it's been a thing here for about 25 years, and I'm still shocked when I go to America and they're, they're just like, oh, we take cash or credit card. I'm like, oh, like debit anything interact no 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 like how is Canada so far ahead of the rest of the world? This is the easiest thing in the world. Are people that afraid? Yes, people are terrified of Canada. 
<laughs> shaking in their boots. If Canada yeah, you know, invaded we, we, Ukraine, the world would be dead. Um, we love the idea of just tapping your card and then you're on the go, but uh, it comes from the Canadians and we just don't trust them. Yeah, yeah, no, that's bloody Canada. Trudeau just don't, yeah, don't know, don't know what to say about him. He's got a nice ass and the rest just terrified. <laughs> Um, we'll get into this. One thing I just wanted to notice, I didn't mention at the beginning of the episode, but uh, uh, obviously episode written by uh, Howard Gordon and Robert Cochran, uh, but uh, directed by, I, I feel like this is the first time we've seen this name come up, although apparently it isn't, Ian Toynton. So um, I, I didn't, I don't know if you noticed this, I sort of looked up to see which episodes Ian Toynton did. Ian Toynton, try saying Ian that. Toynton Ian Toynton did. Ian <laughs> Is this uh, is this a common thing that we've had, like you know, directors doing back to back episodes? Because um, first time I've really noticed that every episode he's done in season two, this is his second batch of episodes, and what he's going to do in season three, it's going to be all back to back. I mean, it makes total sense. You have a director on for two weeks, but he's I don't British. know if we've ever paid attention to that. He's very um, British. You can tell just by looking at him. Ian Toyton, British. Um, he's he's directed almost 200 hours of television and has been nominated for a Primetime Emmy Award for 24 and has won a British Academy of Film and Television Arts nomination uh, for the British miniseries Widows. Um, and he also writes a children's illustrated book series called Hooligan Bear. Oh, drat, hooligan bear, stop being such a hooligan. Um, it is a good question, Colin, and I'm looking at his filmography now, so I might be able to get back well, to you in about while you're looking, five to ten minutes. Here is my trivia bit that we have on Ian Toynton. Uh, he also directed an episode of Touch with Keith for Sutherland. Oh, the same episode that he favorite. directed. Well, but he, this might become your favorite now, because the same episode he directed also starred Mike Ivanier who played Trask, one of Ronnie's uh, henchmen that we just saw in the last couple episodes, and also in that same episode directed Jude Chikulalala. So two other 24 season two actors in the same episode that Ian Toynton did of Touch. Total of 10 episodes he's directed of 24, but it doesn't tell me. We also directed six episodes of Crossing Jordan and 14 episodes of Providence. (laughs) Oh, I love this man. What a man. What a man. Uh, One episode of Jag. Come on. You can't dislike a man who directed Jag. Oh, I mean, anything about Jag's amazing, right? 23 episodes of The O.C. Good for him. All right. I'm on board. There we go. Okay. And designated survivor. So he works with Kiefer a fair bit and Alan Dale. So he he just (laughs) alternates between Alan Dale and Kiefer Sutherland. What a job. Like this week, Alan. (laughs) Next week, Kiefer. Alan. Um, Alan. This is going to be a very different episode um, to cover because we don't have a lot of storylines going on, especially I'm, I am thrilled because for once in season two, we do not have six different story arcs to cover in one episode. We technically have three things. We got the CTU stuff. We got the Jack stuff and then we got the Palmer drama trial, whatever. But even the Jack and CTU stuff, it just sort of blends together. So, I mean, really we got two storylines to cover this week. Um, Basically, we're just going to do the Jack and CTU stuff right now, uh, which even that combined is not that much. So uh, I guess sort of talking about the CTU stuff, the only sole CTU thing is Chappelle is in and uh, he he's going to be spending a lot of time on the phone. Uh, and we're getting that there is these sides that certain people. And this is what I like about Chappelle, because I don't think it's ever been clearly stated that Chappelle is in on this whole plot to dethrone Palmer. But he clearly is because. 
when he's finding what's going on, he's right on the phone to Alan Dale. <laughs> hey, Mr. Alan Dale, Mr. Vice President, <laughs> Mr. Vice President Dale, um, this is what's going on. You might want to know. VP Dale. VP, uh, Veep Dale. <laughs> but, Veep uh, Dale. Veep Dale. <laughs> Veep Dale. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, basically you get that he's he's another but i also like that he sort of kept neutral off he could be like we have a problem sir instead he's like just thought you might like to know jack bauer's got some evidence or whatever uh i i love when Chappelle and tony are going back and forth and he's saying like well just want to let you know that that order to attack has been called off uh but it might be called back on again and i love tony saying it's like why would the president reverse his orders twice and i'm thinking because you're ordering a war. Like, I, I sure hope that you're going back and forth and saying, no, a question, Tony. Um, basically, we get the Kim phone call here. <laughs> this is going to almost wrap up uh, the CTU stuff. She calls in asking for Jack. Tony's like, well, he's a little bit busy right now. I want to talk to my dad. <laughs> I want daddy. <laughs> this is like one of my kids screaming, which they <laughs> definitely did last night. Uh, very long night. Uh, but uh, Tony decides, you know what, Jack? You're trying to stop a nuclear strike here. The president is about to be dethroned, lose his job, usurped. You might as well talk to your daughter. Like, he's got more important things to do, Kim. Like, we still have to find a reason to complain about Kim. Uh, but we do get this nice phone call between Kim and Jack. Uh, and uh, it, it sort of just goes along with it. The best stuff we see with Kim is when she's with Jack. If I had to pick three things that really work for Kim this season... It's the opening scene in episode one where Jack comes to see her, you know, bearded mountain man, Jack. Uh, and she's like, I don't know if I'm ready to see you, dad. Then we have the scene when he thinks he's about to die uh, on the airplane. Great scene. And and also the aftermath of that, of her watching and thinking he's dead. Uh, and then this scene. So, I mean, more of them together, which really will lead us to what happens in season three, I think works. I think that uh, it, it, this is going to be a bit of a, I guess defense of, or um, I'll jump on the Alicia Cuthbert bandwagon here and say this is not her fault. Mm. Who has she had to play off? Like we, we talk about this in not just 24, everything we cover. Actors have to have somebody to play off of to really be interested. I mean, a lot of the Bond movies that don't work are movies where Bond just has Quantum of Solace. He's sitting there by himself and, and you're changing every single scene who he's playing off. And that's kind of what Kim has. You're giving her guest star of the week, whether it be Lonnie or Miguel or Ugh. Megan uh, or uh, uh, police Cougar. officer who sort of believed Cougar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's got something to do to play off every week. And you can't just build chemistry just like that. And, and it's so important that when you're going to be doing all of your scenes with one guy robbing a liquor store, that it be somebody that you can play well off of and also have material you enjoy. I mean, we, we talked about Leslie Hope last season that even she – you thought that the, the amnesia storyline was terrible and you know, probably did not give as much effort into that as she gave into the early stuff of, uh, you know, finding Kim and uh, uh, going around with uh, what's his name? Uh, Kevin, Kevin, whatever. Um, Durant. Yeah, Kevin Durant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love that. The hidden, the hidden 24 storyline. Terry hangs around with Kevin Durant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah. it's, yeah, it's, I think a defense of her. Now we see when she's given somebody to do her scenes off of, even if it's just on a phone, uh, somebody that she has worked with, is comfortable with, she does a lot better. And really, we will see that a lot more in season three. But uh, uh, before we get on with the Jack stuff, I guess let's just wrap up Kim's storyline this week and then the, the other stuff going on at CTU, the Chappelle stuff. 
I think you do make a great point that, like, yeah, the the Kim Jack, but, like, I think that comes down to obviously everything we had in season one, knowing what happened, and this is why, like, you know, I often would say a lot about season one being so great because it sets up all that backstory with Jack and his family and Terry and Kim. Like, you, you're more emotionally invested in Jack a lot of the time because you had a whole season of him trying to, you know, save his family and ultimately you know, we will go seasons now without basically any mention of Jack's family really moving forward. It's all about just the Jack Bauer power hour. Um, but so it's always nice when we do have these moments of like Jack and Kim. And I'm so glad you pointed out. Cause like I'm watching this. I'm like, Oh, Kim. Okay, cool. Get excited. But literally like, Hey Tony, I'm trying to get a hold of dad. And I just, again, this is what we said. Was it last week or whatever? I think Tony's got a bit of a thing for Kim because like, like literally again, this is just like a, you know, like, Oh, Hey Kim kind of trying to, get to the bottom of a chip which may have evidence to stop world war three um so now's not the best i want to speak to my dad okay we'll put you on the line to him um like and this is again at like what 4 30 in the morning this isn't just like you know yeah. over dinner time um so yeah i i do kind of like the fact that it's always kim gets her way like Jesus Christ, like, Kim could get through the well, president at this point. Like, uh, no one can interrupt this meeting, the 25th Amendment, but Kim Bauer wants to speak. Okay, put Kim through. Like, she's got a great body. I, what can I say? People <laughs> fall for it. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go even further, and I'm going to say let's look back at season one and also the rest of this season. Every time Tony decided to give in to what somebody wanted, uh, it was a woman. Uh, a woman. A woman. Uh, <laughs> uh, Michelle gives her what she wants. Carrie, even when, you know, her interests conflict with Michelle. Sure, Carrie, uh, yeah. Kim, and uh, well, we know what happened with Nina in season one. So Tony's definitely got a weakness for. If you're a woman and you ask Tony to do something, it doesn't matter if it makes sense. If it conflicts with somebody else, he's doing it. But he's a lady. Uh, Tony's man. got. He's just. He, you know, he's got a ooh. list right there. He does. <laughs> These are all my people that I'm going to take to a movie when this season is over. <laughs> um, uh, where's yeah. Kim ranking on that list? Well, I mean, where would you rank Kim out of all those women you just said? Come on, Colin. Um, proud Canadian. But, um, yeah, I, like, it, it is a great scene. Um, but it's just, again, it weirdly works, except for the line of, I'm going to the... Ma-. Why has she been taken to the Matheson's house at, like, five in the morning? Again, isn't this a thing where it should be, like... Like, I know she kind of lives there, I guess, technically. But, like, at the same time, this guy's wanted for murder. So, y- you know, like... The police are taking her to, like, surely the police are searching this place because is that where Thingo was murdered? So, like, is this not a yeah, crime scene? Yeah, it's a crime scene. Um, And, like, again, I get it. That's where she lives, so that's where her stuff is. But surely it would be a case of, hey, they're still scouring the place. Um, We're going to take you to a hotel. You can sleep. It's been a long night for you. Uh, so we'll yeah. put you up in a hotel. Uh, We'll come back. Like, again, TV show's got a TV show. It's got to make sense in the vicinity of a day. We get it. But, like, let's nitpick the realism of this. Like, the LAPD, again, kind of shit to be like, yeah, let's take you back to a crime scene to get, like, your clothes and your, you know, I don't know, Blink-182 CDs or something like that that you've left behind. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> they were big in 2003, weren't they? <laughs> She's got, she can't miss those Blink-182 CDs. She loves them. Uh, she, she, she has to listen to them. Uh, the rest of the stuff that happens is... Uh, Kate cries. Uh, we find out about uh, Alex Hewitt. Uh, basically, we're going to have uh, Michelle trying to decode this chip or whatever. The chip's damaged. Uh, that just becomes the the lead into the next. And this is kind of what I was saying last week. It, 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 it's almost going to sound like contradicting because we keep saying, oh, I, I hate that they just keep moving on from one thing to the other. They don't give uh, the, the storylines patience. But I feel like we, we, we spent maybe... <laughs> 
two or three episodes too long on this chip that wasn't going to work. And this is the way 24 works. You know, you transition from one thing logically to the next. And uh, I like that we go from the chip to no, now we need to find this Alex Stewart guy or whatever. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it's, it's maybe been a, a few episodes too long on a chip that they basically are just going to say, sorry, it doesn't work. Uh, but uh, Michelle's going to be working on this. Um, the, the end of the episode, we're, we'll get to the cliffhanger here before we get to the Palmer drama, because uh, that's going to be, you know, really the, the major storyline of the episode. When Jack goes to find this Alex Hewitt who could uh, help them, uh, he's hiding in the dark, <laughs> as Jack does. And uh, the lights come on and we get, this is what I love about the cliffhanger. The very briefest shot when the lights come on that, no, it's actually Sherry. Yeah, uh, and there are so many ways they could play this. They could have had the lights come on, and all of a sudden you get like a long drawn out shot of Sherry, dun dun dun, or you have Jack Sherry Palmer or her like Jack Bauer. <laughs> but it's the fact that it's like it's blinking, you miss it. Was that yeah. Sherry? Like that is we talked about the worst cliffhanger of the season last week. I'm putting up there. This maybe it's because they went against the 24 formula here and just said we're gonna really give you just a brief glimpse it's not going to be your traditional cliffhanger this i'm going to say is probably the best cliffhanger of the season and we know we finally got sherry back and i'm i'm still shocked that it's this late in the season because i think i always remembered that her storylines were very close together that we had maybe a two-week break and all of a sudden she was back or even that it was much closer to that maybe by a week but she's been gone for i don't even know how long and we're now in the, the last stretch of episodes before she comes back so uh, are we also covering in here the shootout, like at the beginning? Like, is that also included here? Like, did you cover that? Uh, oh, or? yeah, yeah. Yeah, you you feel free to talk about it and then I'll pipe in. Right, okay. Thank you, Colin, for your permission. Um, I, de- I mean, maybe my one gripe with this episode is that literally like that cliffhanger in the shootout is done in like five minutes. Like, it's kind of like it's this big tension up of like, he's Nick Offerman and the, the racist gang and all of a sudden it's like, pew, 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 done. All right, cool, got the chip. Um, sweet. Um, and I love Jack like walking on broken glass and still gets the chip. And of course the chip's damaged. Like, you know, let's add <laughs> yeah. a bit of extra drama to it. It's been sitting uh, inside somebody's colon for the last who knows how long. <laughs> like, I, I love the fact that like Jack, like, like Kate just happens to have all the technology at her house. Cause of course she does. Um, so like it's, yeah, this is one thing that you really do notice with this season is that these cliffhangers are kind of pointless because they are always done within five minutes of the next episode. Like, yeah, I like the whole Jack dying thing in some way, but then again, it's just like, no, he's not dead moving on. Like, it's just like, okay, cool. Um, and they do that a lot more with this season. Um, the Kate and Jack moment, it's kind of like, sure let's try and sell this a little bit more they have like a overly long hug and a bit of a i'm gonna move the hair from your like again 20 hours ago how do i live jack and now all of a sudden he's like oh sexy blonde lady from pasadena jack got a boner like it's um like i don't know like it's just I that get was one of his songs last week wasn't it it was <laughs> jack sexy got blonde a boner. lady from pasadena <laughs> I'm Jack Bauer gonna get a boner, get a boner. Um, but like, it's even like, why does then? Because he says like, oh, CTU are here and they'll get ready to take you back to CTU to get with your dad. That sounds wrong. To get your dad, like, <laughs> why can't they just send her dad back to like? Kate's been through an ordeal. Does she need to yeah. go somewhere? Else? Like, she's home now. Like, again, I get it. She's been traumatized at a she's home. She's literally but, home. <laughs> um. So, yeah, anyway, but, like, again, 24's got a 24, so now we're going to go find this other guy. But, like, I also don't understand how, like, 
Tony and Michelle are all like, hey, Jack, Chappelle's being a dick still, so you're going to have to do this in your own. We're going to have no resources. Five minutes later, Jack's on the phone to the President of the United States and Chappelle explaining the situation. So kind of Chappelle kind of on board with this. And again, it makes no sense that Chappelle would not designate like one resource to help them out. Because like, I love when Chappelle gets shitty. Like, Tony, why did you take two members of IT? They were working on military intel. It's like, <laughs> are there only two people in IT? This is C2, you are fucking government <laughs> agents. I'm sure like Jenny and Frank are, are, are not that busy. Like there's other members of IT. <laughs> so, anyway, but um, yeah, I, I, I love the cliffhanger. I think it's great. Um what I mentioned to you last week. Like, this is the episode where Sherry comes back, right? And, like, again, this is... I always get confused that Sherry comes back in this season and I think it's her reveal in season three where you kind of see, like, a dark room. I think there's, like, bottles of alcohol and, like, she's struggling. So I always think that's this reveal. Like, kind of, Sherry's gone home and gone on a bender, basically. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a rough three hours. (laughs) Spoiler alert, next season, Sherry's on a bender when you get the reveal of Sherry. (laughs) But but I love this because, like, I love the darkness of the room. I love kind of this sinister room with videotapes everywhere, very 2003. Oh, they must look at all these video VHS is everywhere doesn't even use DVD like what a loser um but like and I loved like Jack hiding and you kind of see a figure with a gun and just the you're right like the reveal because you kind of see like this woman a woman from behind and then just the way they reveal and like it's literally blink and you miss it and it's like turns ahead beep 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 and it's like oh Sherry and like yeah. I think she's been missing for six episodes so like there's still something about this that Penny Johnson Gerald is literally a star of this season. She's a star in life, <laughs> let's be honest. Um, but <laughs> what a woman. But, like, just we've seen her this season. For a large chunk of this season, she's been missing for six episodes. It's kind of like the Kim thing this episode. She's been gone for two episodes. You're like, yay, Kim's back. And then you forget you ever said that. But, like, with Sherry, you're literally like, oh, Sherry. And then it's like, oh, what's Sherry doing there? So, um, yeah, I, 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 I like the twist. I think it's a great, it's a great twist. It's a great twist. And uh, yeah, like you said, there was a shootout with Nick Offerman's gang at the beginning. But, but that, that's kind of the problem with this season is that our cliffhangers lead to we're going to resolve this in the next you know 30 seconds of the next episode. Uh, so it's it, it almost becomes irrelevant. But uh, I don't know. They, they want to start on a bit of an action note. That's fine. Uh, and we can pretty much move on to the main storyline now, which is like literally, I mean, I think this was my estimate last week that 75 to 80% of this episode is all Palmer drama. Uh, which I don't know if I can think of any other episode, at least up until this point, that's been like that. But uh, just everything about this works so well dramatically. And all the issues I'm going to have, I'm going to say, are just, it's just issues of logic, which at this point, if you do, this proves a lot of the other stuff we could play out in season two. You know, some of it can be forgiven, but I mean, some of it, you do have to kind of hold them at fault if it doesn't make sense. Because if something doesn't make sense and they do it well, you're on board with it. And that's kind of where I am with this. Uh, I don't mind that there are real issues with the logic here and real issues with plot holes. Uh, It's done dramatically well. Even just from the opening scene, the way that Mike's sort of telling David, it's like, can you come with me, sir? This is where it's like, oh, it's my surprise party. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday, Mr. (laughs) President. Uh, But just this discreet way, come with me, sir. Somebody wants to have a discussion with you. And then he walks right in, just, just the dramatic reveal of like, the video wall with everybody, the whole cabinet on there and their Zoom meeting, everybody in their different locations. Uh, and I love the way that uh, Prescott uh, introduces this, like, you know, we are here to invoke the 25th Amendment or whatever. And uh, the fact that I, I really have a question, which ultimately it hasn't been answered in the show, but 
it seems like people are backpedaling very quickly here when he's like, you know, we are here to remove you from power. And then you got a couple people immediately saying, I was like, well, wait a second, wait a second. I wanted to hear him out. And yeah. I, I like that idea that it's, it's not clearly stated, but you, you get one of two things has happened here and leave it up to audience's uh, interpretation. Uh, one is that Prescott initiated thing and he did jump the gun. And uh, he has been kind of spinning things and wasn't sure everybody was on board or everybody was on board until they had to look the president in the eye. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. Let's not let's jump conclusions here, you know. Uh, but I like that it's kind of not answered. Uh, and this is getting the storyline right. Now, you said about David Palmer being presidential, really just summing up this entire sequence, all of these sequences adding up together. So many of the things that we've been complaining about, about, you know, David's acting irrationally. Uh, Mike's acting irrationally, uh, Alan Dale's acting irrationally, everybody's acting irrationally, it all sort of starts to click because this is the, the scene where they all start making their arguments for their point of view. And I don't think that it was their intention to maybe have the audience questioning the, the character's logic this long, but in a weird way, it's one of the things that makes this scene work, that we haven't had anybody explain, this is why I did this. Uh, but I, I just love this. And it, Obviously, the, the dramatic nature that, that like, uh, Dennis Haysbert says everything, like, obviously, with his, is my voice shaking? Am I a loss for words? Am I babbling? I love that. Uh, and a lot of the things are just sort of said kind of in subtext about the vice president, the president just not seeing eye to eye. There's You, you get that there's this tension between them. And, uh, I mean, you can find this in almost every presidency. The, the vice president choice is it never comes down to this is the person I think will make the vice president. It's always just about where can we get votes? I mean, mm. uh, I, I guarantee Obama would have never chose Biden if it wasn't for facts like, oh, Biden's going to get us votes in an area that I wouldn't normally get votes. That's how Sarah Palin was chosen. You know, that's how, the most famous one would probably be JFK and LBJ. Like those two guys hated each other. Uh, and ultimately it just came down to, hey, we need LBJ so we can get these votes. It was it Texas or whatever. But uh, I, I just love, again, without them stating it clearly, that is is the context here that these guys they are never going to get along and they're never going to see eye to eye and this is just it's not necessarily a power play it's just that Alan Dale sees things differently and they kind of both and everybody you include Mike in here they all kind of present their cases uh they, they love that David even says and it's like what you really mean is let's commence with the trial of David Palmer that's none of these like bah, bah, bah. coming this fall <laughs> to Fox <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's a backdoor pilot <laughs> yeah exactly uh, but uh, the, the way this trial plays out again it's it's so cheesy if you really boil it down I would like to call my first news because first of all Alan Dale did not know that this would be a trial right yeah. he thought oh we're all here to vote so all of a sudden he's got all these people waiting outside and it's not even on Zoom like he, he flew Ron Wheeland into Washington for this uh, is he even had time to do that I don't know it's in the middle of the night uh, and uh, what's his name? Harris Eulin, of course. Uh, these are his testimonies. And like it plays out so cheesy. My first was at Ron Whelan. But this is where the dots start to get connected, where a lot of the things that haven't been said from David's point of view, I still think it's an issue that those things haven't been said because it makes him look foolish to the audience. But it plays out so well here where, you know, uh, what did he do? He locked me up. He detained me. And then Palmer's argument to him. This is Palmer where he's a lawyer. I don't, did we ever talk about what Palmer's background was before he got into politics? Was he supposed to be a lawyer? Uh, Yeah, I. it is explained in some of the you know, non like the canon media, like be it the the comic, like he was obviously a senator. 
Um, and then I know in the the comic series that I read, that's when he was still a senator in it. Um, but yeah, I think I think it is described what he was before he got into politics. Um, was he a lawyer? I can't remember. Um, Let's say he's a lawyer because he sure. he plays this like a lawyer. You know, yeah. did did to wheel in like, uh, did you feel that uh, you know it was within uh, the the best interest of the country? And I love the way that uh, I don't know if it was him or if it was Prescott who says, you know, yes, he agrees with you. He agrees with the measures you took with him, but that choice should have been his and not yours. And uh, uh, you know, him saying, were you harmed? And of course, this is going to lead into the next one. Uh, where my next witness will be uh, Harris Eulin, which I already forget what his name is. Stanton, right? Um, Stanton, yeah. I can yeah. I can tell you. I'm just sorry. I've just I found in the uh, the 24 official guide that I've got. They've got the little uh, dossiers on some of the characters, and so I found the Palmer one actually. So I can tell you here, experience. Oh, all these, uh, you know, so he's United States Congress, Senator, uh, Senate Appropriate Committee member, Senate blah, 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 blah. But then you go all the way down to the bottom, Fiddly, Barrow and Bain, attorney at law. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so he went to the University of Maryland School of Law where he got a Juris Doctorate and a Georgetown University Bachelor of Arts, oh, I'm same as Palmer, and a political economy. Uh Honours, he was on the uh, NCAA All-American Men's Basketball Team, uh, the Defensive Player of the Year for the Big East Conference, uh, College Player of the Year for Sporting News, and won the Wooden Award for Player of the Year. Uh, so, basketball man, Mr. Palmer. So, there you go. Uh, as you're flashing, Terry Bauer. <laughs> I was oh. sure that's not Terry Bauer. She was the basketball player and the attorney. Terry, also NCAA uh, All-American <laughs> for Men's Basketball. Good on you, Terry. <laughs> Didn't have a picture. That, that woman could do it all. <laughs> I know. What a woman. Uh, now the uh, the Stanton testimony. I mean, this is where it's more damaging. Again, I like that we are presenting this, and and also obviously the writers they didn't know they were going this route. We, we covered that last week. Uh, that this whole twenty fifth amendment thing came in halfway through the season, and I love how this is one of these things where you're like, oh, they planned this from the beginning. You know, you're writing things correctly when you, the audience can be convinced that this was the plan all along, because all of a sudden we're bringing back Wheel and we're seeing David has made mistakes. You know, he didn't have to torture Roger Stanton. Um, and the way that uh, this ends though, this is all in the Stanton testimony. Stanton's obviously denying everything saying, Oh, I told him what he needed to know. It's like, really? What about Coral snake? What about the airfield? What about the rest of the tape, sir? There is no rest of the tape. What? <laughs> And then we get the, this one I'm really going to call on your expertise here to see if you remember when he's like, just ask Mike. Mike was in the room and it's like, I'm sorry, sir. I don't remember being in the room. Like, was Mike actually in the room? Because I don't remember. I don't think he was. And I think kind of that's, that's the weird part I really like about that kind of like, it's so stupid, all the tapes missing, but I kind of like this reveal of like, I was the only one in the room and I'm pretty sure he was the only one in the room from memory. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of a cool little way that they're able to, as you were saying, like seem like they planned this all along. Mm -hmm. Uh, The last bit of this is really just going to be the Mike and David relationship stuff uh, as they're going to get ready to call the vote. Yeah. Well, those guys definitely Mm. got it on, Uh, (laughs) but uh, we have the line, like you mentioned where our our Mike, I guess he's basically saying to him, uh, you know, this is a chance for you to reconsider and do the right thing, David. And then he says, you do not get to call me by my first name. (laughs) Sorry, Mr. President. But this is again, why I love Mike is yes, Mike's in the wrong, but Mike has presented an argument for, why he believes he's in the right and really the only thing he's done wrong at this point is still locking what's her name in a closet which they have yet to address yeah and 
it's probably never going to come up. Uh, if memory serves right, it doesn't come up for the rest of the season. Uh, and maybe let's let's say Mike was in the room. If you're going to, have, they didn't plan it from the beginning, but make that something where Mike's a little bit more despicable. But like, Mike is still a nice guy, just like that scene I mentioned previous week where he he was like looking remorseful when he saw Lynn in the ambulance. And then, of course, he did like the hand grabbing thing. You're like, oh, he's still sneaky. Uh, it's the same thing here when he says you don't get to call him by a first name. Like he genuinely looks hurt about what's happened with his relationship with Palmer. And that's probably another reason why I side a little bit more with Mike, because David's just like disgruntled ex here. It's like, no, <laughs> you don't get to call me by my first name. And he's like, I really wish it didn't come to this, sir, David, Mr. President, whatever. Uh, I was all prepared to jump Huggy out of your bear. birthday cake. Yeah, Huggy Bear. Uh, but, uh, you know, things things took a different route today. Uh, but I like the way that he presents Jack to him. Uh, you know, Jack is a mirage. Every time you get close, just move further away. That That is a very solid point because that's what we've experienced in season one and season two. Jack, oh, he thinks he's got it. No, 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 no. But we got another trail we can follow. That's what makes this show so compelling. But they're actually going out of their way and, and stating to the, obvi- the obvious to the audience Look, those things that you love about this show, in the real world, people would be concerned about, you know, Jack's probably just making this up. And it's like, oh, he, yeah, sure. Now the chip's damaged. Like, yeah, there would be questions about that. Um, Really, the the best example of that would be the assassination thing last season. Like, they kind of lived through that. It's like, oh, now Jack's got another thing. And, of course, he ended up being right. Uh, We get to the vote. and. (laughs) <laughs> of course, I mean, he's Jack Bauer, uh, but uh, we we get to the vote and it's all going to come down to the one guy uh, who is the guy who was kind of hesitant from the beginning uh, and he is removed. Uh, and I love this is that the moment we talked about last week with uh, with Aaron Pierce, where he goes, you know, I'm no lawyer, sir, but I believe the Constitution has been followed. <laughs> yes, that is why you didn't need to lock Lynn up. You were not doing anything wrong and you were willing to reveal this to him 15 minutes later. Uh, I don't know. This is going to, I mean, that's pretty much wraps up the episode. David uh, has been removed from office, but um, I love the whole walkout thing. You know, it's like, you know, you'll have to come with me as a president. We're going to lock you in the same closet or something. But uh, (laughs) to me, this is still going to be one. I don't think I'm going to be so firm on this because there are problems with, you know, plot holes and stuff like that. And just the convenience of the storyline. But I think I would be, close to fighting for this is a hall of fame moment the whole vote reveal when we get to the end of the season i've got two moments of the whole boardroom scene as potential ones yeah the end when he loses it but i also have the i almost stand by more the moment with um the beginning when palmer's just like his, his whole like take a good look do i seem yeah. scared is my voice like that's just like such a great monologue and i think that's kind of almost more powerful than the vote reveal at the end but um yeah, everything you said I agree with completely. I think it's just it shouldn't be compelling because also there's so much about this which is just it cheesily dumb, which is a lot of stuff that, you know, I've complained about, the the realism and everything along those lines, which again, check your brain at the door. They're not really going to have the 25th Amendment, you know, this quickly and all that kind of fun stuff. But um, like even, even the very beginning, like sort of with some of the mic stuff, like, when he's just basically like, oh, I want you to come to the conference room and kind of like that. And Palmer's just like, no, like not until you tell me. And then I love that line when he's like, are you ordering me to the conference room, Mike? Like, like Palmer just has a switch where he like, he, he plays the president card. And I love that. Like, he's just such a nice guy. Like he's huggy bear. Like, you know, oh, going to watch the tube with Keith and all that sort of stuff. But like, he's got that button where he can be like, 
fuck you, I'm the president. Like, I will, like, I'm the president. Like, you can't tell me what to do. So I love it when he, he turns on the president card, even like mm-hmm. when he's in the meeting and he's like, you know, being confronted by everyone and he's just basically like, this meeting is over. And like, you know, the way he kind of storms out and it's just like, whether you're here or not, we're having this vote and just... Dennis Haysbert is just on fire. Like that just, I just yeah. love that whole line. Like, and what's he say at one point? Like, and what is my supposed disability? Like, it's just kind of the way he's like, he's, he's, he's owning it. Like, I'm like, yeah, you defend yourself, Palmer. Like, and I'm, I mean, I'm probably with the general consensus of the audience here. I'm so team Palmer and I guess you're meant to be. But, like, mm-hmm. the thing that I love about this is that whenever they pull out, like, you know, Whelan or Stanton and you're kind of like, uh-oh, Palmer's fucked, he's been a bad boy, um, like, they somehow he's able to defend it. Like, I love how he, like, defends it with, like, Ron Whelan. Like, I've got precedence for this. Uh, were you harmed in any way? Like, y- you know, like, turns out what I did was correct. Um, and then, like, what does he even say to him at one point? Like, do you think a few hours of your time is more valuable than the lives of innocent Americans? It's like, yeah, Palmer, woo! Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's why he's the NCAA, uh, you know, college all-star. <laughs> like, that, that was a three-pointer right there. That's, that's, yeah, usually somebody <laughs> makes a big moment. It's like, you know what? That's presidential material right there. I mean, when he said that, they're like, that's NCAA, you know, Hall of Fame <laughs> material right there. Damn straight. I want to see this guy in a presidential debate. Like, come on. I guess we technically do next season, don't don't we? Um, I want to see him versus Kevin Durant in an yeah, NCAA presidential debate. <laughs> Kevin Durant's got nothing on David Palmer. Um, but, like, it's just it's just a little moment. And, like, even then with Ron Wheel, uh, with Stanton, like, I just kind of, like, love how he kind of plays that. Because, again, like, Stanton was in the wrong. Uh, but, like, it's kind of, like, oh, mm-hmm. convenient. You know, the, the tape's gone missing. Which, again, there's a whole other side plot there. I think kind of like part. There's a lot of Senate committee hearings going on after day two, isn't there? Uh, you know, yeah. like where did the missing tape go? Like lots of people against Palmer and his presidency. Lots of racist people. Can I just say this cabinet all white? Uh, one woman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so for the first African American president, Palmer, like you've stuck with the norm there, my friend, and just gone with all the old white men. Like, come on, I want a bit of diversity in your cabinet, Mr. Palmer. No wonder you're getting voted out. Uh, <laughs> he's not part all, of the club <laughs> they're all white men they're all racist you know what white men are like um, so, I mean the one woman in that a woman she voted to keep you in so I mean you know being a bit more diversification in your cabinet there my friend you would have stayed in but um, I, I, like, I also love like I was in the official guide they're basically saying about how this was actually quite tricky to do with all the different video screens and everything because 2003 technology but um, yeah. I do love the, the moment there when um, Palmer like, says to Mike like Mike you were in the room with me and then I love how Mike's like I only know what the president told me because I wasn't in the room there's somebody filming this in that boardroom because you see the camera pan from Mike's face to Palmer's <laughs> face on the video screen in Washington like Who's filming this? <laughs> I just, you know what I want? I want to, I want to see like the raw footage of this just for the, 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 the Palmer boardroom side when he gets to the trial of David Palmer, the quick zoom in. <laughs> but because like at the end of the day too, like historically, this is maybe the biggest day in the United States history. A nuclear bomb has gone off <laughs> and someone's invoking the 25th amendment. So this is a day that's in history books, you know, for forever. Um, yeah. I love how just casual it is. Just like, ah, it's four in the morning in Washington. We're just like some guy <laughs> sitting on a plane on an angle going, hmm, what's going on? And I love it when they're showing like the torture of, uh, of Stanton. Everyone's like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, again, it's so cheap. But like, it's compelling. Like, 
the episode flies by. This episode goes by so yeah. quickly, and it's just it's it's this as you said. This is like seventy five percent of the episodes. So this is what you're watching. Um. So yeah, I love it, and I even like just a bit when it's like. The Twenty Fifth Amendment has been, you know, invoked. You are no longer the president. Go to Lynn's closet. Um, it's just like just a way, like he just stands there. Just, just like oh, and you kind of think like, is Aaron? Is Aaron going to drag him off? Like, no, I want to be the president still. No, this isn't fair. <laughs> <laughs> Kicking and screaming. But like, just Dennis Haysbert, take a bow. Like, I, I, I don't know if he was nominated for an Emmy for this, but he should be. Like, God, it's, he's so good. Um, and even just like the two-second scene you've got at the end of Australia's Alan Dale being sworn in as President of the United States. <laughs> I, Alan Dale, do solemnly swear, um, which, again, I, I don't know the history of my Australian actors on US television and movies if he might be the very first Australian to ever be a President of the United States. So, yeah, Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi. I know Kiefer went on to be President and Designated Survivor, so... Canadians have been president of the United States too, but um, for Australia, woo, president of the United States, go. <laughs> uh, I don't have much for trivia here. I mean, the only things on uh, Wiki here is that um, there were some deleted scenes with Carrie, but they were cut from this episode. Aww. And I, I'm, I'm kind of curious, was she in any uh, any other she episodes She was voting against Palmer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, we wanted to have another woman in there, but uh, I don't know time. she is. Um, I can check quickly. Yeah, because I can't see the list of her episodes here on the wiki page. Uh, but uh, aside from her, the only other trivia here is that Penny Johnson Gerald. Uh, she's had six episodes off, and now we actually do have the running time of that briefest cameo that we talked about. Uh, as she is on camera for only two seconds at the end of this episode, oh, so it is a two-second reveal. What are two seconds? That that's that's two seconds. That uh, I only need two seconds with Penny. Six weeks. That, that's that's my new podcast. Two seconds with Penny. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure you could stretch it a little longer than that. But uh, uh, have have we found if Carrie's going to reappear after oh, right, this? Calm down. All right, I've just opened the page. Um, <laughs> What is this, 24? <laughs> I'm like, things are going to be wrapped up pretty quickly. Um, I'm, I'm getting there. This is the joys of having a shitty laptop and you have to look this up on your phone all of a sudden. So um, what's her name? Lourdes Benedicto. Bene, yep, the, the esteemed. Dick Dick Toe. Um, Lourdes Benedicto, wiki, 24. Um, this is great. Um, no, she comes back. Uh, so she's in three more episodes. She? So, okay. okay, never mind. Like what, other than just having some in the computer, I, I don't remember any other dramatic stuff with her. I mean, they, that's been wrapped up very quickly. So she doesn't die. Be... There's a spoiler alert. That's a shame. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to be the president in the next season of uh, Black Everyone Jack gets Power. a turn. You're the president. You're the president. <laughs> You're all the president. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, do you have any other trivia on this episode, or is that pretty much it? Um, I mean, the book doesn't really... I, I love the book, like, additional intel. Before appearing as Vice President Jim Prescott in 24, actor Alan Dale was best known to Australian and British TV audiences as another very different Jim, the long-suffering Jim Robinson in hit Australian soap, Neighbours. Um, he's actually technically a New Zealander, but we claim he's an Australian because it says here the New Zealander <laughs> has also appeared in ER, The X-Files, and The O.C. Um, so uh, there's a whole thing here to do with the 25th Amendment. Um, the actual amendment was passed two years after JFK's assassination to clarify an ambiguous provision of the Constitution regarding secession of the presidency. 
Um, so if I'm obviously knowing my US politics, I believe the 25th Amendment has never been invoked. Uh, but I, I want to say, I think I mentioned that I was aware of this because of 24. Kind of incorrect. Uh, I jumped the gun there. We're all Air Force One fans. Glenn Close mm-hmm. was uh, pr- provided yeah. with the 25th Amendment. She she didn't sign it because she's Glenn Close. And what a woman. Um, <laughs> so good on you, Glenn Close. She, oh, can we just, Glenn Close or Penny Johnson Gerald? That's a tough, that's a tough decision. Like, I don't think ooh. it's that tough. <laughs> Who are you choosing? I, I, I think we talked about this before. I'm not nearly as big on Glenn Close as you are. <laughs> Having said that, I've never watched that TV show that everybody loves are from Damages. Oh, um, watch it. I, I get Glenn Close against- and Rose Byrne? There's a pairing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, nothing against Glenn Close, but it's just like, I don't know. Sometimes she, I don't know if I could deal with 101 Dalmatians Glenn Close. <laughs> yeah, don't I have trouble don't getting count over. the shit ones. Like, I mean, even Peter <laughs> Sutherland did Dark City or whatever it was called or like, you know, come on. Now, Kiefer Sutherland doing 101 Dalmatians, that I'd be on board for. Like, are we, are we talking about acting or like literally doing 101 Dalmatians? <laughs> <laughs> Depends on how intoxicated he is. He, he would do one or the other, depending on what his blood alcohol level is. He sang a song was about at. it. So uh, the next song is this time I had a, a gangbang with 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's, there's literally moments in that concert where I'm like, I'm hearing him tell these stories about him stealing cars as like a 12 year old. Sort of like, your grandfather is like the greatest Canadian of all time. And here you are, yeah. like as a professional rodeo clown or whatever the fuck you were. Like your granddad must be proud. Invented healthcare for Canada and you're off stealing cars as a 12 12 year old uh, <laughs> you know i saw uh Kiefer sutherland cameo in another new movie i guess documentary uh it, it was it was kind of unusual too because uh, it was the only appearance he made there's a canadian band called triumph which uh was huge in the 70s and 80s i mean not just i mean i think they were actually bigger in america than they were in canada but they were huge in both uh and they they kind of started as like canada's version of rush and evolved more into like canada's version of van Wait, halen isn't canada Ru- isn't rush canadian Oh, sorry. Canada's other version of Rush. Like, Canada's well. next. That's <laughs> <laughs> just like Kiefer Sutherland it became Canada's version of Donald Sutherland. <laughs> it was Canada's version of Wayne Gretzky. Uh, <laughs> yes. But anyways, Canada's next Rush. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, the documentary was actually really interesting because this is a band that sort of at the height of their popularity in the late 80s just decided, yeah, we're done and just dropped off the face of the planet. Um, but they've kind of had these reunions and the documentary was interviewing all these famous like rock stars and everything uh, throughout the entire documentary, talk about like the influence of triumph and all that. And then right at the end, when it's uh, like just wrapping up, like the closing montage, you get like one shot of Kiefer Sutherland, which looks like it was filmed on his phone. Talk about, you know, growing up in Toronto or when I was, when I was in Toronto, it's like, Oh, triumph was it for me. And they were so influential on my music and everything that I've ever done. But it's, it was so weird because he, that was his only appearance in the documentary. He was the only person, despite many other celebrity cameos throughout this, the only person who was given that closing segment, and it clearly was recorded on his cell phone. Just bizarre cameo. But the problem like, 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 really we need a celebrity. Fan. We need a celebrity <laughs> quick, like, uh, get Kiefer Sutherland, send him a, like a FaceTime. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't Triumph uh, that dog that Conan O'Brien used to have on his man, show? There's <laughs> Triumph, the insult comic dog. Love that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm totally buying this episode, and uh, I'm actually curious how many episodes I have bought at this point in the season from season two. Let me see. Uh, this will be one, two, three, <laughs> Please, count them slowly. four, five, six, seven, eight episodes. So, yeah, I've actually bought eight from this season so far. Um, that's not terrible, I guess. But, uh, yeah, what are you doing? Uh, counting my 
votes. Um, I've I bought I bought this one as well. What are you doing? Counting my votes. <laughs> um, I am buying this one as well, and I think this is my one, two, three, four, five, six. It's my seventh, so I've bought one less than you have this uh, season, wow. which is weird. I thought I would have bought more because I bought a couple of your bins, but um, yeah, yes. You bought two weeks ago. Ugh. I did. So, you know, I'm buying this episode. I'm not ranking it as highly as two weeks ago. I still think that's a better episode. Um, but I am ranking this 15th. So I've actually got this ahead of the pilot uh, as well as the 19th episode of last season. So this is my third highest episode of this season behind only the bomb going off and episode 19. So, yeah, just it's it's compelling. It's interesting. I kind of almost want like a full season of 24 in a boardroom, like weirdly enough. So um, maybe I do need to buy that Senate committee hearing book that you so desperately want. Uh, as far as my rankings go, this is going to be a top 10 for me. I've got oh. it at number eight overall. Uh, the only season two episode I have higher is uh, episode 15, uh, which I'm, I'm, I looked up and I tried to remember what was it about episode 15? Nothing about, you know, just the description of the episode, episode stood it? out for me. Uh, I thought the bomb episode was 12 or 13. No, the bomb episode is 15. It couldn't be. Um, let's see. Uh, why would I have? Why would I have episode fifteen at number three? It is definitely the bomb episode. Okay. Well, fine. <laughs> I thought I looked up the description and it, it didn't say anything. I, mean, I might not have said anything about the bomb, but yeah. You know, I, why do I also feel like we talked about this even on the bomb episode? It's like I thought that this happened like, episode twelve or episode thirteen. Yeah, because um, I, I, I think it's it is kind of one of those more like you know it should be at this point of the season but um yeah, yeah but no but it, it was definitely episode 15 yep all right well i've got this uh as my second highest um season two episode and only the, the only one more episode that i have from season two in the top 10 which is episode nine uh so number eight is where i'm putting this one overall yeah 15th i said didn't i yeah so um yeah good, good episode well yeah. done 24 this week good job well Let's just say well done, Dennis Haysbert and Ian oh, Boynton. Those are our yeah, two star- stars, right? Boynton. I want a Boynton, Boynton. Dennis Haysbert. <laughs> that's what uh, Haysbert and Mike were doing. Um, two seconds of Penny Johnson Gerald. That's that's all. Yeah, we need. That's a Boynton, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's just like the Simpsons. The Simpsons is like, that's a paddling. That's a Boynton. <laughs> <laughs> that's a paddling. <laughs> Bombardment. Uh, um, I don't know where that came from. Just entered my head. Bombardment. Uh, <laughs> Now, I don't know, other than we're going to get the explanation behind why Sherry's back, you know, obviously what she's going Sherry's to help back. them do. Back again. <laughs> Sherry's back, back <laughs> again. Um, but yeah, that, that's the only thing I know for sure we're going to get next week. Everything else that's Aww. left in the final, four, what, four episodes of the season left? Uh <laughs> I don't know where it comes and goes because we're going to have obviously David and um, Mike and, and, you know, the second thoughts and, Oh, should we have done this? We're going to have Kim and Gary, and we're going to have Jack on the case of finding this Kingsley guy or whatever. But uh, I don't know specifically what comes next week because I haven't watched any of it. Do you know? Um, okay, so uh, subtle spoilers here if I'm going to read three headlines in the book next week. Get excited, <laughs> folks. Jack confronts Sherry. Okay. Michelle and Tony drug Chappelle. Ooh. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> and Jack helps Kim in a crisis. Oh, the Jack, the, Car- the Gary and Kim uh. stuff is next week. Um, yippee. <sighs> 
my son this Michelle and Tony drunk Chappelle and I don't even know if you can see this small little image of like poor old Ryan getting drugged Um, (laughs) I have zero recollection of that I vaguely remember it um, Tony asks oh, Chappelle so- for the chopper for Jack Chappelle orders Tony to step down Hewitt gathers his audio material And then grows suspicious of Sherry um, So then, then Michelle and Tony drug Chappelle So they can get the chopper for Jack Chopper command's not working next So you're going to drug Chappelle <laughs> Poor Chappelle uh, Doing his job He's getting t- drugged Stay tuned for Tony and Michelle roofing Chappelle next week Date rape <laughs> Chappelle <laughs> Like this just got interesting Tony's really horny Kim, Kim won't Kim won't sleep with me I gotta sleep with Chappelle Knock him out <laughs> Yeah it's gonna get dark next week uh, But yeah we're, we're gonna be in the home stretch The last four episodes three. If I can't write down Three episodes Yeah we're mm. in the home stretch already Mmm is right Mmm mm, yes Hell, mm. Episodes they are <laughs> But, uh, yeah, look forward to that as well, our Breaking Bad coverage and um, whatever else we got going on. Uh, great stuff. We're we're almost at season three. I think that's what I'm more excited about now, which is funny because when we were reaching the end of season one, I was thinking, great stuff. We're almost at uh, season two. That's what I'm excited about. We'll see how well it holds up. We've got three great seasons uh, to follow this one, people. Don't worry. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, we won't be back to mediocrity for a while. Um my name, uh, well, it was Colin, but uh, it was recorded, and for some reason, there's no rest of the tape. And my name is Ben, and what exactly is my disability? Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.